What's going on, team? Welcome back to another edition of the Lombard Trucking Show. We're here at episode 92. Thank you all for being here. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, can't lie to you. It took me a minute to press the go live button, considering what I'm about to talk about in this episode. Um, you know, kind of got a little choked up. It's hard to really lean into something like this because it's, you know, not the most desirable of circumstances. But I always promise and what I always told myself, especially as I started making more content and posting more on social media that I wouldn't, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't, you know, hide anything or sugarcoat it or cover it up or try to glamify it, however that may sound. But uh, to get it out of the way quickly, uh, to say the, the short version of it is I will be selling my truck. It is up for sale. Now, let's go into the why. So what, uh, what, what got us here? If you've been following along, you know, well, let's just map it out into reasons. Let's just let's go to reason number one. So reason number one, what got me here, I've been strictly over the road for three years. And uh, it is my time, like it comes time for a lot of people who do over the road trucking to come off from over the road. I've mentioned it in episodes. I mentioned it after I got backed into earlier in the summer that uh, I was going to try to transition myself off of the, uh, off being OTR by the fall um, and by the latest next summer. That's that's initially was in my plans. Like I never, I never hid that from anybody. It's just, unfortunately now's the time where it's happening. Uh, being over the road for three years, uh, I am married happily uh, to the most supportive person on the planet. Uh, I have very openly posted about how, I mean, one of the best, you know, to be successful, you, you need to be with somebody who, who's, believes in you a hundred percent. This needs to be somebody who has your back. This needs to be somebody who's standing next to you. If you're not in a relationship like that, where somebody doesn't ruthlessly support you or believe in you more than you believe in yourself, then you are definitely dating the wrong person or you're probably married to the wrong person. Um, look, I'm not a relationship guru, but I know it's worked uh, for me and my relationships. And what's worked is us supporting each other and whatever uh, that might be. And so I've been blessed to have somebody who supported me, especially in this endeavor. Uh, but given her career and her workload and everything, it's time for me to come off being, being over the road. That's just how it works. That's just really where we're at. And to be perfectly honest, um, you know, being married, to, being married to my wife is a lot more important than <laughs> being married to uh, just owning a truck. Let's uh, let's put it that way. So first and foremost, is, is fam family's number one here. That that's that's the main reason why I'm definitely coming off from from over o OTR. It's it's the family first thing. Now, I mean, I think I mentioned this before too. When I first got my truck, was my initial career path was to keep working as a company driver with R and R Solutions, and then either get myself over to an outfit like Central Oregon Truck Lines, or I would have maybe found myself at Walmart or one of these carriers that we discussed that has lower turnover, better work-life balance and higher pay. And the only ways to really get there are obviously getting the experience and paying the dues, so to speak. That was the, the intentions I was going towards. I had always had it in my mind to, to get into business and all that. And that was on the timeline, but that was after saving up money myself. But as you know, if you've been listening or, for a while, you know, I went into this, you know, 
50-50 with, uh, with a business partner, a very good friend of mine who's my accountant. Uh, and, you know, so we went in on this, you know, and we were able to do it together. So it reduced the time of me being able to, to go ahead and do the, you know, do the owner operator thing. Uh, and that leads me into reason number two is when we got the truck, uh, unlike other people who got into the trucking market when they did, uh, as in not as company drivers, but starting their own businesses, whether that be leasing on to a carrier or starting their own authority, we never saw good times, put it that way. We didn't get in when rates were hot. We didn't get in when the market was good. We got in when it was spiraling downward. And it has been 18 months of nonstop getting, you know, getting the dick kicked in. Uh, because even when rates were manageable, negotiable, even times where I was getting plus four dollars a mile freight in the summer of 2022, uh, that was being rivaled with uh, fuel prices over five dollars a gallon. So the the high, the high rates that I got to experience were just masked by the rise of fuel prices, and then by the end of last summer. Uh, when fuel prices started to teeter downwards, that's when the rates really started to take a tumble. So it's in a this has been 18 months of essentially paying for fuel and breaking even. And personally, I think I did it better than most. I think me and um, my business partner, uh, we ran a we ran it legitimately. We had a good P and L. We we had a good cost per mile. We had all of our stuff calculated. We ran it good. Uh, we saw the writing on the wall. We changed carriers at the beginning of the year. Came over to Warren Transport. Uh, things start things started off uh, pretty decent, looking like we can cash flow. Ran into a maintenance issue. Had to get the the cylinder head of the air compressor replaced back in February. If you, if you remember, I, I filmed several episodes from a hotel in Hagerstown, Maryland. And so that was a big breakdown that came out of pocket, $3,000 right there. And then came the, the accident in, you know, June or not June, May that I came getting backed into. And really I'd say that that's what expedited this the most was that, um, now I was eager to get back out on the road after the truck was fixed and we had some decent luck off the rip with, with some freight, but unfortunately I was since, and this is me being completely honest and this is, and my lifestyle is different from other people out there, but basically since, uh, I got backed into, I haven't been able to legitimately like give myself a paycheck, so to speak. I have been paying bills, catching up. And I've been able to buy groceries, essentially. Um, while I was down, I got it into a savings account uh, to you know, lean on that. Even though I was working at the bar and doing some door dashing, it really wasn't that much. It was just kind of paying for gas and a little bit of food here and there. But I've essentially not, you know, and I don't want to say the term make money, but I haven't been able to get a paycheck, you know, make money. You can mix that up between profit or what have you. But if you step back and look at this business as I'm not the driver and I have to pay a driver, I could not pay a driver a fair wage right now at all, if any, even if I was paying a percentage and especially if I was paying him cent per mile, because in, in reality, what has been going on, especially since I got back out is the, the deadhead in the time value of the loads I've been hauling just do not justify uh, how the money looks coming in. And this is no fault at Warren Transport. Um, I'm going to give them the utmost praise here shortly. 
Uh, they're a very good outfit and they're doing what they can do to survive in this market too. Uh, just as I'm being open and honest with uh, you all, they have been open and honest with their contractors throughout the way about the rates uh, and about how customers have been. All of their customers ha have slashed their rates. Uh, people are hauling for cheap. And um, if I really want to sum all this up for the reason number two, why I have to sell the truck is uh, I don't haul cheap freight. That's, that's the way it is. I have a sticker on the side of my truck that says, say no to cheap freight. And I've held true to that as I've been taught by a lot of people who came before me, as uh, a lot of people who listen to this show, uh, friends in the TNOOA, uh, gentleman, uh, Texas trucker at large. I'll give him a shout out. These are people I engage with on freight Twitter. They're huge, staunch advocates against saying no to cheap freight. And I've been doing just that. Uh, I've been doing what I can to not do stuff like just pay for fuel even though that's kind of what I've you had to do last summer, even when the rates were decent. But, you know, what really, I wouldn't call it the straw that broke the camel's back, but what was really upsetting and just kind of was a huge, which was a huge, you know, uh, throw off was getting out of the Pacific Northwest. And I understand the Pacific Northwest is, West is a dead zone, but I had to come out of Oregon, uh, you know, 1500 miles down to Kansas just to get uh, my next load because I said no to cheap freight. There was an offer to take something from Meridian, Idaho down to Irving, Texas, about a 1700 mile trip. It still had 200 miles of deadhead from where I dropped off the last, uh, the last load in Oregon to Meridian, Idaho. And so this is a 1700 mile trip going through the Rockies. And after the Warren takes their percentage of the gross revenue to the truck to me was $1.45 a mile. This was a load that was 10 feet wide and heavy, 40,000 pounds. So I'm at almost max weight. It's going up and down mountains. It's paying $1.45 to, to a mile to the truck. And, you know, I spoke with, you know, the, the team up there at Warren and their, their rationale behind me saying yes to the load was, my average rate per mile for the last three loads I had gotten would have been around 254. Still, you know, lower than you want it. And when it comes to hauling specialized freight, really those rates should be higher. Uh, and this is intel that I've gotten from people who've been, you know, doing that trade for some time, moving specialized freight, especially on stuff like an RGN, stuff that requires, you know, oversized permits, all that. It, you should be paying more. But 254 miles still isn't bad because of, how we have our operating costs set up at. However, the time value of that matters. So it's fine and dandy if your average rate per mile is 254 for three loads. However, when you're doing those three loads, when you're averaging only one load per week over that time, your time is also your money too. Your deadhead is also you, you know money. All, all that like, yes, the rate per mile matters, but it, there's still a time value of money and the time is the most precious thing. And just simply put, the hours put in does not reflect the, the you know, the pay coming out. At, at the end of the day, there's no prevailing wage coming with it at the current market. And so just with my situation, it's best time to, to bow out. So reason number one, family. Reason number two, the market. And I don't haul cheap freight. That's, that's, that's really the story at, at the end of the day. I can't stress enough. Uh, how bad the market is. If you come on Twitter and engage with us, you'll see that. I know I don't care what uh, the president of the United States says to gaslight people into thinking that this is the greatest economy ever. 
but it, unfortunately that's just incorrect and untrue. Um, and we can tell you this, you know, you know, and we've heard this from everywhere, you know, freight waves is posted about this all the time. They are the ones who kind of forecasted all of this coming. Uh, it's been considered, it's been called 2023's called been called a trucking bloodbath. We did just have a hundred year old trucking company go bankrupt. We've been seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of bad stuff happening in the market. Demand is way down. That's the way it is. And unfortunately at this time, this is the best decision for me to, to bow out with the truck. Now, here's the thing. This is why it isn't one size fits all. I've said this before on the show. Trucking is not a one size fits all thing. Every situation is different. Look, if I was 23 years old, didn't have a house, wasn't married, I can probably starve it out or at least, or just, or just keep, keep rolling with it because your life situation is different. But at this point in my life at 33, it's really just not going to happen. And it's not really practical and it's not fair to my family, so, so to speak. So, and then the next thing is it has to do with growth. So I didn't get into business to just be an independent solo contractor for the next 30 years. That was never my intention. It's still not my intention. And I still have future intentions on, you know, have, be, being a, a motor carrier again one day. That's definitely not out of the question, especially with what the future holds in different ways to cash flow. There's no reason to not swing back into this. But when it comes to my current truck, so my current truck, I will be able to break even on. And so I'm faced with two options at this point. I can either knowingly break even now or pray I can break even by next year because at the current rate, because we're not looking for another turnaround in the market until at least quarter two next year. That's what the supply chain experts are predicting, so to speak, is quarter two next year. Maybe it'll pick up. Probably not because we'll be in the midst of a very polarizing election and people, you know, people are going to be doing whatever and who knows what the price of gas is going to be. So we don't even know, you know, what's going to happen with this market, but at least with, with me doing flatbed, is so as the as it as fall starts to come and winter comes this is when flatbed slows down you're supposed to make your money during this chunk of time so as the, as it continues to even get slower because after the clocks go back and you lose daylight specialized stuff moves less there's less demand for it the harvest is over so the equipment isn't moving you know so to speak if you're familiar with flatbed there's a lot of factors that play into it in you know, winter time it slows down also there's bad weather you know they don't want this equipment crashing or getting caught up in snow, everything like that. And like uh, live commenter, Michael B says here, freight market can bottom out even further and that it will me personally off of who I talk to and who I speak to. We just were talking on this show the other day with Justin Martin on there is a Qualcomm message via Swift that is talking about how the market's bad. And they're trying to say that drivers can't take their trucks home. This is, these are mega carriers now who are nickeling, diming, saving money. And I'm going to get more into some of these carriers and how they're adjusting the market later as I get into kind of what's what's coming next. So with my truck, where it's currently at, I, as a business, have the choice of breaking even now, like I said, or praying I can next year because this Mars, the engine doesn't blow. Uh, I'm, you know, milking it between breakdowns because who knows what the next breakdown could be. The DPF system could go. Now, I have a warranty until next year, and that's all fine, but like we've done with warranty items in the past. And even if the engine blew, the engine blew tomorrow, then that you're still down for X amount of months with a blown engine. And even though the warranty is going to cover the $20,000 engine, you're still having to make the truck payments on, on that truck. So 
in best case scenario, what I could do is either save up enough money to be able to pay for an overhaul next year, because that would be the the sound investment. Because by this time next year, you know, you're looking at 750,000 miles uh, on the truck or closer to 800. So, and that's normally the time you want to be thinking about an overhaul, depending on the engine hours or the, and this is best, best case scenario, I'm able to save up just enough money for another down payment on a truck. And those are two things that I, I don't want to do because like I said, I, I've wanted to grow. I'm not in this to just continuously put in weeks and weeks. Like if I was 23, this is a whole different story because what my clock's ticking just like the rest. I've got family on my mind. That's a future that I'm seeing. I'm trying to, you know, I want to, I want to start building a family first. I can't build a business right now. There's no money and I'm not going to bury myself into debt over just one truck. Uh, it'd be a whole different story if I was already a carrier with a small fleet or something, then I would, you know, lay it all out on the table and really do what I can to keep, keep it rolling. Or like I said, if I was 23, but guess what? Clock's ticking for both me and my wife. If we ever want to smell trying to raise a family and the choice between saving up for the down, a down payment on another used truck or possibly being able to pay for an overhaul next year, it just doesn't quite cut it. Why, why, like, it's not even the form of, oh, you know, because a lot of people will be like, oh, take, you know, take risks. You always talk about taking risks. You know, you don't win if you can't win if you don't take risks. And, and I get that logic, but there's no risk there because there's literally no reward. There's no reward at the end of it. It's like, yeah, I could take the risk. The reward is I'm just going to, is the status quo. And that's the thing. I'm not going to risk things for the status quo. That's, that's a huge, that just doesn't make any sense for me. It's like when people, you know, get fed up at a job and they make a lateral move that doesn't do anything. They'll quit and they'll take a lateral move thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Why would I just risk it all, go into debt, get another line of credit or something and just bury myself just to hopefully maybe make it back to the status quo. And then, and then, and then from there, you know, kind of start, start back over. doesn't make any sense, especially because we have, there's options. There's, there's options ahead of me. There's already a plan there. You know, I never, I don't want to say I set up a contingency, but God's put a contingency in my path. And it started back when I got, you know, when I was broken down. So I was offered, I've, I've been offered two jobs uh, when I, when I got backed into it. Well, I was offered one job very recently and I was offered another job after I got backed into both of which came unsolicited, meaning I did not go out and seek this employment. This employment sought me. It knew who I was. It knew what I was do. I what I've been doing. It knows my brand. It knows what I talk about. It knows the things I find important. And they reach out to me first and foremost is is uh, is Orange Theory Fitness. They want. Uh, they need coaches at their studios. They see me on social media. They know who I am. They said I'd be perfect for it. I said, well, you know, there's a very real possibility I can come do this. They said, and they said. If you want to do it, it's yours. So guess what? Uh, the opportunity came in. Just working there alone will probably give me a better paycheck than I, what I've been able to pay myself uh, at all this year. Uh, and this is me, this is being raw honest. These are raw numbers. I'd have to pull up a statement and I can show you my yearly statements. Uh, well, if, it, if you can reach that out to me on the side if you want to see the exact numbers of the revenue my trucks made this year. But my truck this year in gross revenue 
pulled in $95,000 and 95 and some change, what have you. And now that's with obviously being down from the accident, down from uh, the, you know, the three weeks it was down from the cylinder head of the air compressor, down from when I got maintenance, down from when I got four new batteries. So there's some maintenance time that's in there. The truck's pulled in 95,000. Of that, I've barely able been able to pay myself 20,000 to give you kind of retrospective what I've been doing. So I think just, just coaching at Orange Theory would, without a doubt, pay me more than what I'm currently making as an independent owner-operator. And now, once again, let's get into this. There's a lot of people out there who say, just get your authority, get your authority. I have made connections since I started this show with so many people, so many brokers. Um, you know, the Lost Freight Discord, like you said, the, the Lord has been good to me in, in who he has blessed in my life. And I have had conversations with people who have told me that I'd love to give you the freight. It just doesn't exist. You know, I'd love to, you know, there's people who would love to pay me th this much for certain freight. It doesn't exist. The, the carrier I'm currently contracted for would love to pay me, you know, what, what the load should cost. They can't. It doesn't exist. The market's not out there. So if I just rushed out and got my authority, like every fucking moron did in 2020 and 2021, I'd have nowhere to go because once again, if I did that, I'd have to go into debt. I'd have to take out a massive insurance policy and I don't even own a trailer. So that's the thing. I'd have to go into debt for a trailer. I'd have to add a trailer payment onto my overhead. And like I said, this is a business at the end of the day. Some people think you just, you know, you risk it. I'm still on Facebook groups where there's guys like, yo, just bought a truck. Anybody know how to book loads? And then they're the same people who say that I'm an idiot because I don't have my own authority. It's like, but they don't know how to use a load board and they don't even own a trailer, but they're the ones who just say, oh, yo, scared money don't make no money. Yeah, they're in for a fucking rude awakening when, uh, you know, when they as they as they continue on down the line. The fact that they just thought they could buy a truck or stick a driver in it. think that is fucking passive income or something. So if I just got my authority, because that's the guys will say they'll be like, I got my authority. I'm my own boss. I can do what I want. I sign my own contracts. Good for you, buddy. I've met dozens of people who had their own authorities. They're all gone. You know how many authority? 9,000 authorities dissolved in the first quarter of 2023. So it's just like, yeah, all these people have their own authorities. If you got one truck and you're an authority, you don't have anything. You, don't, you have no bargaining power because of how cheap and low the freight market is. You're one truck? Cool, dude. What do you got? No, I need you to have 10. I need you to have capacity. If I'm a broker... This is from the broker's point of view. Brokers need to know capacity. So brokers, like if they find one truck that is in Atlanta and they really need this load to move, you got lucky. But guess what? When it comes to building relationships, that broker, he wants to know your capacity. You being one truck, he might have a hot load in Oklahoma City and you're in fucking Hagerstown, Maryland. Oh, well. But if you got 10 trucks and you have drivers and you have a driver 150 miles from OKC or you got another driver over here. It's a whole different story. So that's just from the authority perspective. That's the other thing. So I launched to get my own authority. So if Warren Transport, who has, you know, 400 plus contractors, uh, they have the capacity to market to their customers. They, and they're not using brokers, mind you. They have contracts and, and, and they negotiate rates with direct shippers. So if their own direct shippers are cutting rates to a contractor that they can, to a company, a carrier that they can count on, what makes you think me getting my own authority is a wise decision? I'm just going to walk in and be able to get these loads. And at that point, like I said, I have to get my own permits. I have to 
like I said, get a trailer. I, all of that becomes now my responsibility again. So it's, it's like, yeah, I get the max gross of the load, but I'm still making the same amount of money as if I was leased on. So if they can't get it, then, then I'm there. So it's just at this point, this is the, this is the, this is the best business decision I could make overall. I look at the last three years of my life as an absolute success. I look at it as a 100% victory. I did something that nobody else could. I did it in the worst possible time. I learned a lot. If I did not do what I did at the time I did it, I wouldn't have learned anything. If I just, if I joined, if I, if I got my own truck in 2020 and I just rode the high times, I would, I, my attitude and just my ego would be on such a different level that I don't know if I would have wanted to survive the poor market because I would have, I would have bowed out and said, Oh, Oh, I, you know, I might've pushed out to be perfectly honest, but because I started when shit hit the fan, it made, it made me want to buckle down, hammer down and learn a lot. And so instead of just, you know, kind of, you know, you know, crying and sitting in a corner and wondering why the, the world sucks. I went out and found out why the world sucks. And I started talking to people. Um, so I got no regrets on it. Uh, you know, to reiterate again, to bring this all full, full, full circle is this is what makes sense for me. I get it. There's going to be some guys out there who are going to say, that's the thing you got to put in the work. You got to put in the work. If you want to do it, you got to stay out. You got to stay out for two months. I don't see that it is beneficial. I don't see me. Like I said, time to me is val- is more valuable than the status quo. Time for me is more valuable than just surviving to continue to make payments on a truck. So it's like that's staying out that two months. What's what's it doing for me? What, what am I building at that point? Uh, I've already built something. You know, if I stayed a company driver, I would have still been building the the same thing. If I had started an LLC and just, you know, uh, expense things through that and like kept credit card, I still would have been building something because I still would have been doing all the same stuff. And so, yeah, I get it. There's guys who want to work themselves to the bone and they think so. But I've met guys who've been independent contractors who've worked themselves and grinded up. And if you love it, then that's great. I still love it, too. But I, you know, I don't love it to the point where I'm going to trade part of my life and part of and, you know, just for this for the possibility of just maintaining the status quo, because I don't want the status quo. I want to keep going up. I want to build something. I want to build something that that others can can win off of. I want to have an enterprise or an entity that when others come on board, I can help I can help them win. They're going to become winners. That's saying I just I can't do that in the current state. But I can ramble on about the whys and the stuff. That's the bad news. Okay. The bad news is look, I'm selling the truck. Oh well, coming off OTR. And once again, to bring it full circle, I said back in June that I was going to be transitioning by OTR by the fall or by the end of next summer anyways. So this is no shock. This is not surprising. This isn't like, you know, I, I hope they didn't catch anybody off guard. Um, I will say this, um, you know, if this is the last episode of my show you listen to, thank you anyways. Like I said, if you, you know, if my authenticity has faded with you because I'm no longer behind going to be behind the steering wheel, uh, you know, for the, for at least the foreseeable future, then, you know, I'm, then that's fine. I salute. Thank you for being here. But um, the truth of the matter is I'm not going away. I'm not stopping anything. And I'm not even leaving the transportation industry. And that's what I'm you know, going to get into next. I'm simply just moving from one side of the industry to another um, because I have a dog in this fight. I have skin in the game. 
I spoke, you know, when I was speaking to my parents about the, these future plans, uh, my parents couldn't, you know, express how proud of me that they were. And while I said, hell, what? I don't have any of this if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the name. I don't have any of this if it wasn't for my father, his before his and his before his. I don't get any of that. There's none of this without without the Lombard name. So that's, you know, first and foremost. But look, I, I get it. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be driving in the in the foreseeable future. I hope you guys, you know, stick with me and ride with me. I hope you don't let that deter you from the content I produce because, hey, when it comes to drivers, and I know this, um, you know, and, and I've been preaching about this. I just made a TikTok video lamenting and lambasting against Chris Spear in the ATA and about how the guy has his position, which pays a $1.8 million salary, and he's never driven a truck. The motherfucker worked at Hyundai, um, and then he worked for the DOD. And he has, he has the resume of a politician. It's exactly what he is. He's never worked. He's never, and like somebody, and I had a poll on LinkedIn where, and the poll said, you know, if you think that, um, do you think that the leader of a, an organization called the American Trucking Organization should have driven a truck? And, you know, 90 something percent said yes. And there was one guy in the comments who said he thinks that it's okay if they at least work for an asset-based carrier. I love that term now. Uh, asset-based carrier. So uh, it's kind of like uh, Reed, how he talks about brokerages, how, how how on brokerages websites, they'll do anything on their website to say that they're a brokerage. Like they'll use every type of description they can to just, you know, by saying that they're this like, you know, tech company with all this influence and really they're just a brokerage. That's kind of an inside joke, but you know, he's, he said, you know, as long as they work for an asset-based carrier, you know, they can, you know, they can, uh, they should, they could run an organization like the ATA. And it's like, I could see your point and your justification for it because there are people out there who are sympathetic towards drivers. You know, they appreciate what people like, you know, myself and other guests of the show have to say, and they, and they understand that the plights of drivers and the, and the conditions out there over the road. But it, here's the thing is Chris Spears never done, never done any of that. And so, you know, the long and the short, I know that for, drivers to um to gain a driver's respect um when you can when they can see eye to eye with somebody like almost like when you meet another marine you know you have something in common with a you know veterans kind of have that same thing it's that familiarity so when a driver speaks to another another person in the transportation industry and then they find out they drove they have something in common and almost just raises the level of respect and so that's you know look regardless you can if, if you've lost all respect for me, that's really on you. And uh, I, I wish you the best, but um, you know, it's just not, it's just not true. And it's just not, I don't know. I'm just speaking, frankly, it's just not the most mature way to go, go through something. I don't know. It's something I can never do. Like, uh, you know, we, if anybody, you know, if anybody comes off from being OTR, I can never be like, Oh, I never look at it differently. That's the thing. I'm openly expressing that I don't want people to think that I'm a quitter, but in reality, like I said, and this is just me just talking to myself, thinking out loud is, is I don't care uh, because I'm moving forward. And no matter what, whether you think I'm a quitter or not is the fight isn't going to stop. The fight's not going to end. Uh, I'm still going to, I'm still active in CDLDU. We're still active in political activism. This show is going to continue raising awareness about all these issues like the driver shortage narrative. Nothing changes. 
put it that way is nothing is going to change besides my employment, which let's get to that because like I said, I'm going to be staying in transportation. So when I, uh, I told you that I will be working as a, uh, <clears throat> a fitness coach at orange theory gym, what else am I going to be doing? When I was in Kansas city at cdllife.com turning point summit, a uh, good friend in front of the show, Charles Gracie, him and I were having a conversation. And I was kind of filling him in about some of my feelings and everything that was going on with my truck and about how basically I'm broke. Uh, and we were talking and he told me that his company is looking to bring on contractors. And he personally is a huge fan of what I do, my brand and what I talk about. And he thought I'd be a great fit to come on board as a contractor for hot seat services. And uh, so I'm going to be coming on board doing that. And I'll be working on the recruiting side of the transportation industry, getting drivers jobs. And one of the biggest things, reasons why Charles thinks I'd be good for it is because of the advocacy, because I am a driver and I can speak from the driver POV. And I know a lot about what's going on in the industry and that I won't lead drivers astray. And that, you know, and Charles doesn't like working with, he calls them puppy mills. Uh, you know, we call them the, the CD, you know, CDL mills. He calls them puppy mills. So we share common ground in that. And so, like I said, this came unsolicited. It means I did not go out and seek this. This is, this was God presenting the path forward for me. And I'm going to take it because I'm not going to, I'm not a quitter. Quitting would be, Hey, I'm going to shut the show down. I'm going to sell the truck and I'm going to go back to, you know, nine to fiving for, you know, some fucking jerk off company that where I, you know, feel pathetic and worthless every day, or I go work in some huge rectangle in downtown Austin, uh, counting beans or something that's fucking quitting to me because, you know, one of the biggest enlightenment, you know, one of the biggest things of enlightenment that's come across my mind since I started trucking was I'll never go back to the, that nine to five type of lifestyle. Um, you know, I just won't have it. And now I won't because Orange Theory coaching, the, 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 the schedule is a little bit different and I'll be able to um, and I'll be able to do this recruiting whenever I want, including in the evenings and on weekends and stuff like that. Because my, my weekends, like I don't have a weekend anymore. I operate on a seven day work week. You know, you've been whenever when you've been trucking for, you know, once you've been trucking for a few months, you start losing track of the days. And I don't get Saturday, Sunday, I'll have my phone on me. I don't I don't care anymore. You know, I it truly am a workaholic, do love to work, work to live, love to do it. Um, you know, I, I consider my, you know, I considered myself a psychopath out there on the road because you're putting in 70 plus hour weeks, plus all the marathon training and stuff like that. So look, I have no, I have no clock in clock out mentality. I'm clocked in all the time. Uh, even sitting down recording these shows, I wish I could be doing something else while I'm doing them. So I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to help, uh, get driver, get drivers, good jobs. Um, and I'm excited to stay in the industry and learn more about an industry that I've fallen in love with. Like I said, there's a lot of problems in it and there's a lot of problems I want to help fix. That's the most important part. And I know it's in, I recorded a whole episode called David versus Goliath. You know, I know that I'm a, a, a short King, uh, midget taking on an absolute behemoth of a machine, but I don't care. I'd rather go to, I'd rather, I'd rather die doing it. I'd rather die fighting it. And that that's what I'm going to do. And, and 
in, in a sense, coming out of the driver's seat and getting into another part of the industry only broadens my education of what's going on. I'm going to meet more people. For example, live comment below, Mr. Paul Gibson. He's welcoming me to the team. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Can't wait to be working more with guys like yourself, upstanding citizens who know that the issue, who know the issues that the industry faces. That's the thing. We're going to be able to meet more guys like Paul. And we'll be able to meet more people on the corporate side of transportation. That's going to only make the content of the show better, make the activism better, and give me a stronger foundation to take the fight to those in Washington and take the fight against the establishment, the ATA, and some of their respective uh, members who are trying to, you know, ruin uh, America. Because like Justin and I were talking about on the last episode, these labor issues going on in the transportation industry are very much uh, indicative of everything else going on uh, throughout the country. Nurses, teachers, pilot, even pilots. Uh, you know, there are so many other industries of the shortage narrative and stuff where the productivity, you know, over the past several decades has skyrocketed. You know, businesses are making more money than ever. And a lot of businesses made more money than ever during COVID. Yet the wages have stayed the same. Even in the freight market, the common trend that people have been talking about is that rates have gone back down and they're even lower than they were then. But Basically, by the end of last, by winter of last year, end of 2022, the saying was rates have returned to 2019, but at the 2023 costs. So that's the thing. Everybody's wages have stayed the same. So everything going on in trucking is very indicative of everything else going on in labor movements throughout the country. So what I'm doing, my fight is your fight, too, at the end of the day. What, you know, everything that I'm trying to do from this corner of the world in this fight and transportation has everything to do with what's going on in the, in the rest of the country. I can't appreciate some of the live comments coming in. And this gentleman right here, he's got a fantastic newsletter uh, on LinkedIn. Go check him out. It's Thomas Wardine. Appreciate it, man. And that's another thing. With being off the road less, the content goes up now. I will be, you know, I already have one fitness certification through ACE. I'm working on my CPT, and I'm going to be leaning heavily into developing programs for drivers out there working as much one-on-one I can with drivers as I can being more active on the first format with guys at the end of the day, the strongest foundation we have in this fight against the ATA and the establishment is, uh, is from that foundation of fitness, health, and nutrition because personal excellence is the number one rebellion. And in fact, if I did not keep myself to the best of my, you know, best of my abilities. Do I have the energy to do this? Do I just stay behind the wheel and keep and just keep trucking and kind of keep the blinders on and stuff like this? It's because I've tried to make myself as elite as I can, that I have the energy that I do to put into this fight. And if other drivers start doing this and, and falling in suit with wanting to become absolutely ruthless weapons and being something that the ATA fears, then it's an entire game changer. So I'll be focusing in heavy leaning on uh, the driver fitness stuff. That's going to be huge. A lot more, a lot more of that to, to come. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to round this out. Uh, uh, you know, this is obviously live on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Currently it'll be on Spotify uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, AKA Wednesday. I'll also make a, an Instagram post. You know, I took a really cool picture um, that's a fantastic little, 
you know, cheers to the last three years. But um, I, I just want to round out the, the end of this episode again with saying thank you to, to everyone. Um, you know, when I look at the analytics of this show, it, uh, it gets me, you know, it gets me choked up uh, some days. Just, just this morning, you know, before noon, you know, for the amount of plays Justin and I's episode had from me uploading it at midnight you know, last night to what it was at at noon. It's just like, like I said, it it gets me, uh, gets me a little emotional. And if I'm just speaking one-on-one, frankly, I can't thank people's support enough. Um, and you know, like I said, it's rolling ahead. We're moving forward. Uh, I, I, I said this before, I'll say it again, everything leading up to today has been an absolute victory. I look at it as an absolute win. I'm taking everything and moving forward with it. I posted a video about this today on Instagram. This is what I'll close with, given today is the GOAT's birthday. By the GOAT, I'm talking about Napoleon. But his um, <clears throat> after the, the Russian campaign, he was exiled to the island of Elba, <clears throat> you know, and the Bourbon monarchy was restored. And, you know, he, he couldn't let that happen. And this is, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to ambition. And this is where I look at our situations as, as kind of parallel. You know, he, he couldn't let it happen. You know, he's exiled to this island. And, you know, there were French troops there with him. They sneak off and he goes back and he makes his way back to France. And, you know, he says that he'll, he'll make it back to Paris without firing a shot. And he, he engages uh, the fifth regiment of the line when he's on his way back to Paris. And he did, and, and they're, and they're, and they're like waiting for him. They're, they're looking for him. And he rushes towards them, you know, by himself, opens up his jacket, catches him off guard too, opens up his jacket, says, and, you know, he, he tells him, I'm your emperor. You know, if one of you will kill your emperor. And they immediately lay, lay down their arms they chant long live the emperor and they, and they rejoin him and he gets back to Paris two weeks later without firing a shot for that level of ambition. Think about that level of ambition for, for, for a minute. Just think about that. Like the, the sheer attitude from, for a, a one man to have, you know, after he's already been exiled after a very tough, you know, defeat, he sat in Moscow for five weeks waiting on a peace treaty that was never going to come because Russia's a, a bottom feeder poverty nation um and you know it it ends in disaster so i mean humiliating defeat absolutely you know it's the russia campaign is considered one of the most studied in history especially for supply chains and stuff um shout out supply chain and for him to be on that island he could have just taken the l and like lived it out done whatever you know or he could have just fucking cried for the rest of his life and he just He couldn't, he couldn't let that happen. He couldn't let that. He knew what he was worth. He knew that he could do more. He knew the empire deserved better. And he did. And he just went out and did that level of of ambition is just like unheard of today. You know, you'll, you'll never hear about that. And when I compare situations, you know, he had one of the most brutally, you know, brutally humiliating retreats out of Russia. All I'm doing is selling a truck. I don't have anything to worry about. 
I've been blessed with some of the greatest people in my life. I've been blessed with amazing opportunities and I couldn't be more excited for the future. And, you know, that's just the bad, you know, the bad news is I'm selling the truck. The real bad news is the fact that I'm not going away is the fact that I'm going to, I'm emerging from Elba right now and the ATA better be fucking scared. And so should the establishment. So should the clowns at the FMCSA. So should uh, anybody who opposes, you know, what we've got going on. Those are the people who should be worried. Me, I'm just selling a truck. I got nothing to worry about. I'm very excited. And for those who are going to clap back and say, well, he still lost at Waterloo and ended up on Helena. You know what it took after he got Helena to make sure he couldn't escape again? is he was 1,200, Napoleon ended up 1,200 miles off the coast of Africa. And 3,000 British soldiers were stationed on that island. And there were four ships on constant watch. That's what it took to hold one guy down on, on an island. That's how much they feared him. That, and that's what it's going to take to stop me. It's going to take, you're going to have to black bag me, send me 1,200 miles off the coast of America, and have an army of 3,000 and four Navy ships to keep me from doing what we're doing and to keep me from the, from the absolute war path we are on. But um, thank you guys for tuning in. This was a really hard episode to record. Like I said, I sat there looking at the go live button for 15 minutes and I was like, how am I going to word this? What am I going to say? And then eventually I, you know, I said, just, just, you know, I just got to fucking send it. Um, appreciate you all once again. Stay tuned. More guests coming on soon. More drivers. More action. More, more heat. We're bringing the heat. The path ahead is, the path ahead is bright. I'm excited. I I haven't felt this motivated in quite some quite some time. Even though I seem motivated online all the time, I have an absolute fire inside me. Um, so yeah, glad to have you all on board. And uh, yeah, just hope you all ride with me. Um, Man, this was good. Let's close it out with this last comment. Oh, no. Thomas says, real bad news for the ATA. Way more of Lamar contest. See, Thomas knows the deal. He knows what's coming. And right here, excited to have you as part of the team, brother. More exciting news to come for sure. But for now, the future looks very bright. You heard it there best. Can't appreciate the support enough. We're full steam ahead. It's a new path forward. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys ride with me. Um, but that'll do it. Episode 92 in the books. We're fastly approaching uh, 100. We'll be Centurion soon until the wheels fall off. Shout out to my boy, Will Savarese. Um, but, yeah, guys, time to time to log out now. We're back to the bench. Take care. <laughs>